0: Hey, Venus children, welcome back to another episode of
1: The Spiritual Gaze.
0: I am one of your hosts, Angel.
1: And I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense.
0: Yeah, fuck that noise. Fuck sense. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck trying. (laughs) Fuck pretending. Yeah. Yeah. Anarchy. Yeah. Chaos. Magic. Spells. Candles. Witches. Crystals. Mm, That's all of it. That's pretty much all the stuff you're going to hear us talk about here at the Spiritual Gaze. (laughs) Welcome if this is your first time. And for those of you who are returning, welcome back. We missed you. We love you. And it is an exciting episode today because we have our first spirit talk of the second half of our year. We kind of took a break um, uh, during the past Mercury retrograde, and now we're back, energized, ready to go. And we have an awesome conversation to share with you all uh, with Luke Simon, who's a mystic and a writer, and a healer. He wrote an amazing book called Venus Juice that we're going to talk all about, and hope you're all going to get. Um, But um, before we get to that conversation, let us tell you all a little bit about ourselves. We're husbands. We are husbands. Uh, I'm Angel Lopez. I'm a writer, and a film producer, and an astrologer, and a teacher, healer, and mystic myself.
1: And I'm Brandon Alter. I am also a spiritual healer, teacher, and mystic myself. I'm a tarot reader, an astrologer, and a writer, and a performer, and a carpenter.
0: That's a carpenter.
1: No, I'm not. But I would love to like learn how to like work with my hands more. Yeah. I'd love to like be able to build furniture or something. That'd be dope. There's so many things I would like love to learn how to do in this lifetime. And it's just so overwhelming, you know?
0: I know. Time management. Time management is a thing. Well, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But because we have such an exciting conversation to get to. Yeah, let's
1: keep it brief here at the top of the show.
0: Yeah, yeah. How are you, babes?
1: Quick check in here. How am I? I'm doing well, honestly. I'm doing really
0: well. Well, that's great. Okay. How about you know? <laughs> <laughs> you must have some sort of emotional distress so that we have something to talk
1: about. I mean, always and forever. But I'm really just <laughs> trying to just like lean into the good. Right. And just like enjoy more, you know?
0: Yeah. You got to remember the good, 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 good.
1: Remember the good, 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 good. <laughs> Uh yeah, honestly, I'll just say that I am still unlearning the heightened stress that my nervous system got used to experiencing as a baseline normal.
0: Why would you want to go and do a thing like that?
1: No, I just mean like <laughs> I'm still learning how to like relax into that, right? Because COVID and like being evicted and. The lawsuit at our old place and mm, just your like, arrest. am I right? Ar- no, there was no arrest, but everything else was true. <laughs> Don't count to and me. Um
0: He hit an officer.
1: Everywhere. You know, we like lived and I'm sure a lot of people are still living under just like a lot of stress, just mm-hmm. like on the daily. And right now there's actually not a lot of stress and I have to remind myself that everything's okay and to just take it easy and to just like soak in the good. So that's where I'm at.
0: I'm so glad to hear that, though. Yeah. But I get it. It's hard. It's really
1: hard, especially when you're just, like, used to jumping from problem to problem.
0: Yeah, and we've had a lot of stuff going on with, like, family this year. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of stress. Yeah,
1: and everyone who's reached out, thank you. My mom is home, and she's doing better, and we just keep, you know, praying for miracles. Yay. How are you, babe?
0: I'm actually doing well- Two? Okay, great. So should wow. we do a Cosmic okay. Update? Okay, well, you know what? This is our final show, because we've healed.
1: <laughs> We're just going to ascend to a different plane. Yeah.
0: So, And, and all we... that will be
1: left is our gorgeous logo.
0: Our gorgeous logo. Yeah, exactly. That'll be the finale for our show. Yeah, exactly. Well, hi everyone, here's a logo. The show's done. Yeah. yeah. Spiritual case are disbanded. They disappeared. <laughs> we broke up no i'm doing pretty well actually myself i am um i guess yeah on some level too trying to like stand solidly on the ground again after everything that's gone on this year and really continuing this whole process of being in conversation with my authenticity and Um, I was so excited because we, we got into talking about authenticity with Luke. I mean, it was just like great to have that conversation. Um, but it's been something that's really been like a push for me this year to really like excavate into like just the the bareness of my being and see what's there and see what wants to present and, and be present. Um, as a part of me and really like feeling like I'm now like more connected to my writer self and my astrologer self and my healer self and my mystic self and my lover self and my sexy self and all of these things that sort of make up who I am. The constellation of you. Yes. My new hit single. Um, so yeah, just, I think dialing into all of that and, um, trying to find how, after all of this collective trauma, as well as just my own personal trauma, how to fly again. It's dope to have, obviously, this community to do that from within. Um, special shout-outs to all of our Spirit Worlds fam. We've yeah. Been, oh I'm my in the midst. God, we're
1: having the best time.
0: Yeah, we've been in the midst of this uh, core Spirit Worlds and just like, connecting with these folks on this really like deep. d- deeply yeah, deep and deeply beautiful level. And, um, you know, it, they've been really great practices to do as well um, for myself to just do it in the communal space. You find as teachers, right. That we are offering a space for people to come and learn and to experience. But, by doing so, you also find your own experience growing even more, right? And then also you learn, too. Totally. Um, so it's just been, like, really fun to to continue to learn and evolve Yeah. Uh, in the container of that space. Totally.
1: Yeah. And if you feel like you're missing out, don't be too sad because we have more courses coming Mm up. We just opened up registration for Tarot Cosmos 2021, which is kind of the first course that started all of this. This is our 12-week tarot course that's all about intuition and unpacking the archetypes of the tarot. Mm -hmm. And so you can join us for that. That starts uh, September 2nd. So if you sign up before the end of this month, you can also save a little bit of money.
0: Yeah, we got an early bird special going. So you just go to our website, Tweet, spiritualgaze.com, and go to our uh, spirit, spirit school.
1: Yep. And check out Tarot Cosmos. And a lot of people have been asking for um, a follow-up astrology course. So yeah. we're trying to channel that for the fall for as
0: the well. Fall, she's coming together.
1: Yeah. I was thinking of calling it Star Power. Okay. She doesn't like it. <laughs> All right.
0: Back to the drawing
1: board. <laughs> well, keep playing. Okay. It's coming. Because I don't want to call it like advanced astrology, because I think it's going to be more like intermediate astrology, you mm-hmm. know? And I also think it's going to be like a bunch of different astrological concepts and techniques. It's kind of like a cosmic buffet, you for know? sure. So I'm trying to come up with a good
0: name for that Yeah, we'll get that there. Course. We should just sit and just start throwing them out.
1: Maybe people we'll have suggestions.
0: Yeah. If you have any suggestions for our uh, chart and soul part two, let us know.
1: But speaking of astrology and the cosmos, let's go ahead and do just a little cosmic update.
0: All right. So I feel like the big news uh-huh. that's coming up. Uh huh. Is on the 21st. Okay. Well, it's kind of twofold. Because on the 21st, Venus shifts into Virgo.
1: Oh, she goes to work, honey.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it makes everyone a little more, you know, a little more focused, a little more orderly, a little more organized, right?
1: A little more bossy. A little more bossy.
0: And a little more um, Judgy. Oh, Venus
1: and Virgo, she's a judgy queen.
0: I think she can be a little bit of a judgy queen. So you just have to be careful that you're not um, approaching everyone from a place of perfection, you know? Perfect not every, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Not every relationship can be perfect or, you know, subscribe to some ideal. So I think we start to learn that when Venus and Virgo, we all have to shift in that way. But I do think it's also a good time to just start to, like, really get shit done you know it's like all of the emotional work that went on uh, amongst your relationships when Venus moved through cancer and then any sort of like creativity that was infused into those partnerships or creative projects or just like playfulness that was thrown in now it's like Virgo like comes in and like focuses it all right it's Mm. like let's focus these relationships and like Make them productive. She harvests. Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. I feel like there is that, I don't want to say like lack of sensitivity because I'm, I don't think Virgos are like insensitive by any means. But there's such a like just desire to sort of get through the list of things that need to get done that, you know, sometimes the emotional component can get a little swept aside So it's very important that you're not in that time uh, doing anything to sort of make anyone feel like their feelings aren't validated or heard. right? Yeah.
1: Well, it's an interesting placement because cancer season has us just like drenched in our feelings. Mm -hmm. And then there might be like an overcorrection as Venus dries out in Virgo. Right. And it's like, let's not ignore everything that we experienced in those waters.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's also like the piece about Virgo that I think gets lost a lot is the healer aspect, right? And how Virgo has such a strong healing quality. So there can be a real healing nature to partnerships at this time. You may find that the healing is in, Releasing partnerships, yeah. At this time,
1: I also think it's a time to like come together mm-hmm. and to share what you've learned. And Venus and Virgo is the opportunity to look at our relationships through the lens of what is this presenting to me as an opportunity to heal, to right. restore, and what can I heal in this other person? What can I offer them through my own experience? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think if we come at our relationships. With the full extent of the vulnerability that was revealed to us in our own quiet corner of cancer season, there could be a lot of really beautiful connections that happen. Yeah. We just have to be careful not to like fall back into the old like patterns of just superficial social interaction.
0: Right. Which maybe... Not entirely easy to do because the next day we enter Leo season.
1: Hey, girl! <laughs> Social interaction season. Yeah, But it doesn't have to be superficial because it doesn't Leos have to be. are not necessarily superficial. No. Leos can go deep. Leos want to talk about the shit, you know?
0: Yeah, they want to, like, share all that they've learned and all that they've experienced in hopes that you'll do the same, right? They want you to rise above yeah. in the way that they feel risen yeah. in some regard. totally. You know? So I do feel like entering into Leo season can be like really fun and playful and everyone wants to just kind of have a good time and express themselves. So it's an interesting combination to yeah. have Venus in Virgo while the sun is shining through Leo.
1: Yeah. But Leo season is already going to be challenged anyways because of the opposition to Saturn. Right. So like just the fact that Saturn's in Aquarius, which is the opposite sign of Leo is going to make, us all have to work a little bit harder for our Leo fun.
0: Well yeah. Well, and really just in that like more so in that second week of Leo season cuz that's really when the sun is going to be in that direct opposition. It. But I think yeah. just
1: like just those energies, just those signs opposing each other with Saturn and Aquarius and Sun and Leo to me it just is like the fun is there but we're gonna have to work for it it's like not gonna be as easy as if Saturn were somewhere else
0: well and it's interesting to think about like Venus in Virgo as well which is a bit of has like a bit of work vibe to it on some level it's like how do we approach work in a more fun way how do we make work more fun and are we doing work that allows us to express our most fun nature you know
1: Yeah. And sometimes it's about like having to work out how fun is going to be had. Right. Like sometimes fun requires like preparation Mm -hmm. and planning. Yeah. And effort.
0: So I feel like the challenge in some ways during that opposition time is like, how do you like find ways to infuse fun into the work you have to do, even if maybe you just can't stand it? (laughs) make it a game yeah how do I enjoy this yeah
1: that's a great that's a great interpretation
0: and the reality is if you can't find any enjoyment out of it well the larger Saturn Uranus square journey of this year might this might just be the time when you're like awaken enlighten that sun energy enlightens you to like I can't do this anymore you know
1: yeah there's no fun to be squeezed out of us or infused into it.
0: Right. In particular with the Venus energy, it's like, I don't like these people. (laughs) Totally.
1: Well, and again, that's like very Virgo, which is like, it is harvest season when we get to Virgo. And it's like, this is to be like thrown in the trash pile. Right. (laughs) Like there's no use for this. This is the husk, you know,
0: all the leaves are
1: brown. Yeah.
0: All the leaves are brown. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the sky is not gray though. It's hot as hell.
1: It's very warm.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah, we're also having like the hottest summer in history. But
1: also the coldest summer
0: yet to come. (laughs) Because it's only going to get hotter from here, bitch. That's true. We're going to look back and we'll be like, you know, it wasn't so bad. I know. The world, guys. It's chaos. We promised you chaos. The world. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the, uh, just the few little light things that are going on in the cosmos. Just things to keep your eyes peeled for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Leo season, Happy Leo season. coming soon, coming soon. Leo babies. Depending on when you're listening to this, the 22nd. Shall we? uh,
1: Let's just get into it. It's so gorgeous. Everyone's going to love it so much. If you don't know Luke Simon, you're in for a real fucking treat. So without any further chit chat from us two homosexuals, it's time for this episode's Spirit Talk. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. We are here in the spirit room with luke simon who is a dear friend of the spiritual gaze he is a healer and a mystic and the author of venus juice when i tried to live in la which is a phenomenal debut novel that we can't wait to dive into and we're just so happy to have you here luke so welcome
0: yes.
2: yay thank you so much i love both of you so much and it's so great to be here
1: and we should also just shout out that Luke is a Libra legend, Capricorn moon, Pisces rising. Holler. Holler. <laughs> yeah. um, and I will say Libra beauty is just like all over this book. And I'll want to dive into that and ask you about like mm-hmm. the spiritual value of beauty. Yes. But before and, we even go there. Oh, yeah.
2: Ugh, no, we should. Let's go there. Let's
1: just go there. Okay. Okay. Can we yeah. go there? Let's just go there.
2: Well, because I'm so happy to talk to people who know a little bit about astrology because it is laced with deeper questions of Venus mm. that would only be relatable to someone who is versed. So it's really cool to get to come to the podcast and and share this work with people like you who are like going there and interested and in, yeah, even digging into that topic of like, Beauty, what is it astrologically? But what else were you going to say?
1: Well, no, I just think that beauty can sometimes be seen as superficial and at odds with spirituality, which sometimes has this reputation for being ascetic, right? And that, like, we don't want a bunch of things, or that we don't want, you know, nice candles or a diamond stud earring or things of that nature. But as I get more and more into ritual work and magic and goddess worship, I start to understand that beauty actually is not at odds with spirituality, but is actually part of how it wants to be expressed.
2: I love that. And I think that is such a conundrum we have in a lot of the spiritual traditions that have been passed down being so divided in the, mundane versus the transcendent mm-hmm. and when i found wicca witchcraft and and already in like studying astrology i was getting those like oh what is venus what is the earthly beauty and that the goddess venus appears in many different forms and that we have to come to terms with the contradictions of something that's in two places at the same time, but is different that we have the physical world and that the physical world is beautiful and also really sad and messed up. And how can that be? That's a contradiction. Why can it be so beautiful and also so messed up? And then we have this other contradiction that's like there's the physical world and then there's this transcendent spiritual side. And I think that a lot of times we get stuck with the black and white answer, like question, you know, existential crises of like, but which is it? And so especially in the book, I wanted to bring out some of those questions, but also just have it be about love and sex and spirituality and shopping and (laughs) money and day jobs and sadness and spirituality and transcendence and like car crashes and just like it's all a part of it and I think witchcraft is one of the best for me of just being able to say like god goddess does come into the world and how can you even separate them Mm.
0: well and it's it's a story about your time spent in los angeles a city that is so steeped in like the traditional sense of venusian ideas right like you come here to be beautiful and gorgeous and have pretty things and What's so lovely about your your collection of, of of stories of that time here is that you are dealing with that contradiction by having to not only confront all of that, actually working. You know, there's a lot of it spent. Uh, you know, when you're working at Venus Juice, um, which is a place where people are coming with the idea of bettering their inner selves, but really it's a lot of it is trying to look gorgeous (laughs) and doing what they can. But all this to say that your stories then really ultimately then reflect the complete other side of that, which is finding the beauty, the Venus within, Mm. which I love so much.
2: I'm so happy like I love the way you put it and I'm happy that came through and there's a lot of disillusionment in that process of when you are searching you're drawn to something for its essence of its beauty and you think it's because of the way it looks Um, or there's someone who you're drawn to some way you want to be or something you want to you think you want to become or pursue and then later you realize it was something deeper about your own essence that drew you into that exploration and you know it's almost like we're drawn to ourselves But in what we see in the outside world, like we're we're like, we're looking for ourselves, you know, in these other things. And then hopefully, they help us in some way to realize it's not, it's not the outer thing. But then what do you do with the outer thing? And and I I don't think that you have to just throw out the baby with the bathwater. Like, yeah, like, I still love juice. I love (laughs) I love like beautiful packaging. I'm not going to lie. I'm a sucker for packaging. But also, you know, I'm, yeah, like I'm learning to grow food. Like I want, I want to have the direct experience of my own inner self and my own inner love. Well,
1: as we're talking about this, I'm starting to weave together a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about. And I actually think beauty is maybe the fulcrum of it in one way, Mm -hmm. because in the book, you talk about how um, you say that it's easier to enter meditation when someone else is anchoring it. And then you also mention another part of a book that um, a friend of yours, she did what a healer does not just wave a wand, but hold your hand, create a space where you can realize how you can heal yourself. And I wonder if the packaging, the beauty, the diamond stud, the crystal grid. These are things that we reach for, even though they're external, that actually anchor us or that hold the space or that create the portal to have a
2: deeper experience. Does that feel true in a way? Yeah, definitely. i It's definitely true for me. And I've had to just accept the fact that I'm not an ascetic. <laughs> yeah, I tried, you know. And it's almost like LA was my opposite of that where I was like fuck it I'm just gonna like have sex and like be into fashion and try to just like live a fabulous life and be spiritual and see how that goes. but then I think it's and and, and you, you hear this in astrology like the higher octave of Venus being Neptune but I, I like that that idea of like the higher octave of beauty. And that there's, there's always kind of like a, a, mundane sort of physical, or I don't know, I don't. Those sound so like negative, but like you know, there's, there's the middle way of beauty, and then there's like that it could be physical beauty that anchors you. Yeah, and I think that our our attention to beauty is a way to create spirituality in in a physical way and yeah that anchoring
1: yeah when you talk about neptune i think about like the devotional aspect of beauty that like beauty I mean, we see it in nature. It seems like it happens pretty easily in nature. But like as a human being to create like a beautiful flower arrangement or like a beautiful altar, there's a devotional quality. It doesn't just happen. It requires time and attention. And it makes me think about uh, when we interviewed Harriet and the star and she said, you know, it's the goddess that tells me to put lipstick on my face. Because it's it's how we honor the divine in us Mm. through this exchange with, what is beautiful in the physical world
2: i love that i mean that's so potent and that that's it's a path right to find to find our way of bringing meaning and and translating these spiritual concepts into physical reality and and how do we do that in a way that combines with like yeah, like I want to live in a beautiful space, you know, like I don't want to just live in like like nothing. I I own nothing cuz like existence is nothingness. Like I want to you know, I want to honor that. Um so yeah, I I love that you're you're tuning into this. It's really connecting a lot of dots for me.
0: What I also love too is that sometimes beauty can be so serious what's so great is that you invite humor into the story as well yeah and really into just like presentation (laughs) you know like (laughs) and like beauty should also have a sense of humor and that search for it i think i think it's um i always love fashion that's a little bit
2: wacky and like campy Mm. and kind of crazy um And I think they're just, there's different flavors, you know, and seriousness gets gets a lot of play these days. I think humor is a little more risky. It's a little more like, is this beautiful? Like, I don't know. Like, think about when people are on the red carpet and they try something like totally insane and people are like what is the swan dress? Like, what the fuck are you doing, PR? I
0: know, right? Yeah. (laughs) And we're still living for it to this day. But it's like, uh, it's kind of (laughs) iconic, you know, like, because it's funny.
2: And Mm -hmm. funny can be beautiful in its own weird, wacky way.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think like, I don't know, this is like bringing me to also the idea of authenticity. Mm. And, you know, I think like finding your own, Beauty is on some level, you know, you're finding the beauty of your authentic self. Mm. And I do feel like you are someone who not just through your book, through your writing, but also even just through the way you live your life, you are someone who really seems to express your authentic nature. Mm. And I'm curious, like, what has been your journey to discovering? <laughs> and, and I know we're always in it, right? but do you feel like you're living an expression of your most authentic nature?
2: Ooh, thank you for bringing that up. And I feel so like, ah oh, blessed that you even associate me or my path with the authenticity because it it is an inner, it's a really deep drive for me. Um, and I think sometimes my, sort of irony and cynicism is that's that is in my humor can can be a little bit like acerbic to people it can be kind of like acidic and kind of like turn people off a little bit but to me it's like there's so much bs in the world and there's so much ridiculousness that i i have a lot of fun like laughing at certain things where we're where I'm seeing in myself, like places where I was following or trying to color inside the lines or fit in. And I think a lot of my, my humor is a way of like, laughing at my own awakening to the places where I was holding myself back or trying to be someone different than I am, or trying to just be anything, rather than just being and so more and more i try to exhale and i try to let go of you know my thinking mind and my my worries and my doubts and this sort of idea of my small self and try to be live connected to this bigger bigger energy that we're all a part of And, uh, and then it's funny, right? Because we all have fingerprints and we all are these individuals. So I am, you know, going to look and, and speak and, you know, different than anyone else. And, and how can we, um, how can we make it safe for everyone to experiment and just try and, and express however they want to express um, I mean, just to go back to like authenticity and I think a lot of it had to do with being weird and queer growing up and that wound and how I have figured out how to work with it, which is just by being like, actually, no, thank you f- and fuck you. Like I actually this is what I'm going to do. And that's still a process. You know, I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of wounding of like, am I okay? Is this acceptable? Is this weird? Is this too much? Is this too girly? Should I be more like boyish? Should I be more this? Like, um, you know, so there, those, those thought patterns are still there. But uh, the authenticity for me is, yeah, it's just about seeing my own mind and my own process and, and honestly, just being malleable with it. To me, the authenticity is more about being like, and I changed. It's our inner dialogue is the only thing that separates us from authenticity or not. Like, are we just allowing ourselves? You
0: know? It's almost like being in the process of questioning and, and understanding yourself is being in the process of of expressing your authentic nature, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a time in our lives, I imagine, for each of us, you know, being queer, being, you know, weird, <laughs> having mm-hmm. had that experience um, where maybe we didn't want to face it or we didn't want to be in conversation with those questions. Was it really challenging for you as a young person to be in conversation? on a deep level with yourself or were you always someone who was kind of searching, exploring?
2: I feel like I knew very intuitively, very instinctually who I was, what I liked, what I wanted, what I wanted to wear, how I wanted to whatever, do this, do that. And that was uh, shocking to people around me and I sensed how this heteronormative world um it was shocking and there was a lot of gay phobia and it was like oh my god you like madonna you're like a five-year-old and you want to like get the girl toy at mcdonald's like oh no oh good god you know this is terrible um and I started to not want to ruffle people's feathers because I wanted their love and I wanted their attention and I didn't want to be in bad light with them. So I think a lot of my, my healing work honestly is around like removing that inner hypervigilance and self censorship. And that was really hard with my creativity because I always wanted to be an artist. But in my mind, I would be thinking, is this too weird? Is this, is this not weird enough? Is this, are people going to like this? Is it like, I don't know. Is it, are straight people going to like it? I don't know, but are gay people are going to like it? I don't know. Is it this? Is it that? Like just so many, you know, it went from a sort of smaller, like pebble of when I was a kid, and then it rippled out into this like, bigger rhythm or frequency of consciousness of this kind of questioning and this sort of confusion and lostness so I really had to to kind of find myself again and and be really discerning about my thought patterns and kind of come back to my my core and and my essence and that was kind of this inner child journey and just being like okay this is what I like and you know, I, while I was finishing the book, I started listening to Katy Perry and Sia. And I'd always been like, fuck Katy Perry. She's so corny. (laughs) Like, oh, like give me like 80s Madonna. Like give me like, I don't know. Like I love, I love my divas, you know, but like I like sophisticated like artists, you know, like to me, Madonna or Cher, like any of these people are like artists as, as much as they're performers And there was something about Katy Perry that was just like, just like let yourself have fun and just let yourself like be that kid and let yourself like, just like, if this is what you like, like let yourself like that. And that's, no one's like needing you to be different. And that would be like my pump up music to write. And I think that was important for me to be like, it's okay if if my creative expression is all of these ways and it doesn't have to be like super serious or it doesn't have to be super you know x y and z like this is my authentic jam here and um I think we hear that in, in voices, right? We hear it in singers. It's like, oh my God, like yeah, that yeah. Sia voice and those Sia songs, like you can hear like, you're like, it has her fingerprint on it, right? Mm-hmm. So how, how do we get to that fingerprint in, in ourselves for um, whatever we're doing in our life? If it's creative in, in whatever way, where whatever we want to share with people, want to share with the world. Well, tell us, how do we do it? <laughs> I think by making a lot of mistakes. Yes. And my like hashtag for when I started writing the book and it was like, I got the title pretty quick. I was like, when I tried to live in LA, it's like hashtag failure. It's a, it's a book (laughs) about failure. It's about like, I thought I was going to live this fabulous life and like drive into the sunset and like live by the beach and no shade on, Angelinos or Los Angeles people who live in Los Angeles I still love you I fucking love Los Angeles I love the palm trees I like I'm coming back soon but 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 I experienced failure there and I think there's a lot of fear of failure in Los Angeles I think that's a deep shadow of LA and I I got hit by it really deep of like the illusion the glamour the success and then the fear of failure and then when i actually faced it and it happened to me i was like well this is the worst thing i could ever think of just happened and i got stood up on new year's eve and here we are um so let me go forward now and i think through that i I got to my authentic self more and more that actually those missteps and those what seemed like wrong turns were actually helping me to get closer to um, what was real and they were also showing me some of my own illusions and some of my own hangups and some of my own wounds that I hadn't, my own shadow stuff that I hadn't really felt into, you know? And like, okay, so what, you're alone on New Year's Eve? Like, yeah, like, it's fine. I'm here with all my friends. You know, like, I'm not alone. I'm here with all my friends. And like, I'm not alone. And this is, I don't have to carry this wound of feeling like, oh, why don't I have a boyfriend? Like, why doesn't anybody love me? It's like, no. I'm literally facing that shadow and, and the universe has brought me here and and here we are. So I would just say, and, and I hear it from people. They're like, I'm scared. I'm scared to make a mistake. What if I fail? What if I make the wrong choice? It's like, what if I told you there is no wrong choice? <laughs> right. You know, like, what if the universe doesn't work like that? Like, what if it's like this multiple multiple timeline like reorganizing weaving experience where you just like make the next best step and you're like okay I made the wrong step and now everything's like shape-shifting so that I can recalibrate and you know move forward have you guys made any mistakes lately (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: girl how much time do you have <laughs> made any good mistakes lately oh my
1: god i love that though As just like that. a good opening conversation like totally. what mistakes have you made lately <laughs>
2: Tell yes me. let's talk about it let's normalize it
1: well i am curious because you are a libra and so much of the book is about relationship and seeking relationship and eventually understanding that relationship with oneself is really the foundation for all other relationships, (gasps) Mm -hmm. but you're like a queer mystic who is well aware of your like inherent spirituality as a queer person in a time when I think queer people across the globe are just beginning to awaken from like the slumber that heterosupremacy put over us that made us forget how magical and deeply connected to the divine that we are. But you're there, you're there and you're having these encounters with people that are reflecting your own wounds to you, but you're, I guess what I'm wanting to hear about is what was it like and is it like for you with an awareness of your queer wounding to come into contact with other queer people that you're attracted to or dating that maybe don't have
2: the same awareness? I think one of the biggest things I've learned on my spiritual path, and I think it's very Libra, is don't let how other people treat you define how you feel about yourself and that is where I am at <laughs> that's how far i've gotten with with relationships like that i think that in in the beginning i was like seeking other people to give me that like good good love and like that like sweet sweet like mirroring and now i'm a little bit more like carry it with me and I can engage with people with a little more stability and not feel so scared or overwhelmed or so needy or so empty and so desperate. Funnily enough, I I have gotten a little bit away from hookup culture. I feel a little less like I'm really like I'm good. Like I think I really do want something that's a little longer and slower and there's this i don't want to say dumbing down of sex but there's this like underselling of sex and how potent it is and i'm finding that i want like a real depth in in my love connections in my intimacy and so uh I think finding some people I think are innately spiritual and are innately connected, right? There are some people who you're like, you're like an enlightened being and you're just like in this body of like some dude who's just like, you're just like born in San Diego and you're like this angel. Maybe your name is literally Angel. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Your, your mom knew. She knew. <laughs> So I've definitely experienced people like that. I'm like, wow, we are going so deep. And this is like, we're having this moment and it's amazing. And it's queer magic and like queer sexuality. And there's like this deep respect and this touch and this like spirituality to it. And then, you know, there's other people who it's just like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like, and I'm kind of like, oh, I feel like I just allowed myself to be abused consensually and i can't like do that anymore and i think what what you'll read in the book is some of my like hookups where they were really spiritual because i think that touch and and sex is is really spiritual it's an energy exchange but that i'm finding um i want a little bit more and i'm having to learn how to do that. Right. And I think some of it has to do for me about, um, talking and being vulnerable and just blowing up my own spot of my vulnerabilities and my fears and my hopes and, and my emotions and being scared I'm too much or that I'm not enough. And I don't know that, that for some reason I've, what I found so far is that a lot of like gay men especially queer queer people but um I've been you know hooking up with men for a long time and like there's that's hard why is that so hard emotions are hard and it's something that we I think we need to develop a little bit
1: and do you think and maybe I'm just totally projecting or I'm drawing from my own experience from a long time ago because I've been booed up for over a decade now but that like we reach what we're reaching for in hookup culture is like we're reaching for something else that we don't even know how to name it or to ask mm. for it. And so we just are going after the easiest thing. Yeah. And then when you like bump up against somebody who is a little bit closer to that unnamable thing, which I think you are. And so, and even in the book, you talk about certain encounters that you have. I don't want to give away too much where it's like, uh-huh. oh, we're getting closer to this unnameable thing that's more than just like wham bam thank you
2: sir right yeah yes i love that yeah and say that again so we're we're getting closer to that spiritual connection and that deeper partnership or just like whatever
1: we think we're hungry for when yeah. we're just like looking for dick like yeah. and maybe we are just hungry for like a nice fucking dick in our mouth for sure but there's something else that we want beyond that right like yeah and we don't know how to ask for it we don't know how to talk about it the, and the big dick in the sky yeah interesting I let, uh, your sequel <laughs> 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 but i think that right like there's just this and so that's why like night after night, you know, people just like go back to the app or they go back to the club because it's just like, it's it's the same thing with like beauty too, right? Like you can buy one beautiful diamond earring and you can put it in every morning and be connected to it. Or mm. you can just like keep fucking shopping like I was with like vintage jewelry, right? Like mm. I could be on Etsy forever just, oh, now I need this ring. Now I need these earrings. It's like, it never ends because yeah. it's not the jewelry that I actually want. It's the unnameable thing that the jewelry
2: portends. Huh. Oh my God. That's so potent. Yeah. But like, how do we, how do we get there? How do we get there? (laughs) And maybe just, maybe just being cognizant of that dynamic and being able to hold ourselves in the multiplicity of like, okay, I know that I want the vintage jewelry. I know that this is probably not going to be the, the last one like and how do I want to engage with that, you know, and then I think hopefully over time we um, we spiral into deeper and deeper understanding and, and figuring out where where we need to change if we need to change those patterns and habits, right, because I think uh, now we're on the next step to like addiction. Mm Because then you can't stop. Yeah. Right. And, like, you need it because, like, it's the only thing. It's, like, how you've learned to, like, be happy or cope in some way.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, beauty, jewelry, clothes, sunsets, nature. These are things that can become gateways to a deeper and richer experience of life. Mm. but we can't become dependent on it like i need to be able to meditate even without the view
0: right mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: okay so in venus juice you talk about wanting to live poetically
0: mm-hmm.
1: what does living poetically mean to you in like a tangible way cuz i understand it like as a gorgeous concept you know yeah. but i'm like i want to live poetically i want my life to be a poem how do i do, how do i engage with my life in that way
2: well, I think it, it's it's a good parallel back to beauty and what does beauty do for us and um, that we start to figure out what we value and what we appreciate and we start to bring awareness there. And poetry is, it's like beauty, like there are millions of different, types like of things that you can find beautiful or you can find poetic the poetry for me is like just bringing more playfulness and art and beauty and stupendousness and numinous and wondrousness into like the rational things there's other probably ways to other words to put living in that way in that manner but to me it's just has to do with not being in my rational head all the time it's like no like live abundantly live like joyfully live ridiculously like this i'm trying to think of what would be poetic i mean i guess i i bought a pickup truck and that to me is like it, it's like style it's utility it's <laughs> queerpender a little bit yeah. queer carpenter yes,
1: <laughs> um
2: but it's also like yeah this is just so much cooler than for like my everyday experience like this is awesome it's stick shift it's like kind of rusty and a, a little bit like rugged like it's kind of it's not falling apart but it's like it's rough around the edges and she's awesome she's strong she's like and that to me is like okay here I go like I'm living poetically, like, more. This Mm -hmm. feels more like something that's, like, exciting and magical to me and not just, like, oh, like, you know, whatever. I didn't really put too much thought into this. and
1: Yeah, giving your life texture.
2: Yeah, and, like, this awareness of what is here, I think is what I really love about a lot of poems that I love and that they're seeing... Like you could be on the bus or you could be on the freeway in your car or you could be um, walking on a hike. And like those moments I think can wake us up. I think we can really do it in anywhere really. But mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit, there's something different about it. That's a, It's like about my experience and me acknowledging what I think is, is special and interesting and um noteworthy rather than being like oh i heard teslas are like really hot right now so i'm going to get a tesla right. and like live in a fad or like live in like a in what's desirable to like sort of the consensus
0: i think that's it yeah like cuz you see that as like cultural desire yeah on some level right it represents class or it represents yeah. you know some sort of high-minded idea of doing something good for the world, but at the same time, is it, and this takes us back to, is it authentic to you and your own experience and your own expression?
2: I mean, I have a personal thing against Tesla because in my nature work that I'm doing, I'm learning that the soil is one of the most important ways to deal with the carbon that's too much in the atmosphere what i'm learning in my gardening upstate is like it's hard it's hard to do yard work and like it's hard to it's hard to like it's so much easier to just be on your phone or you know whatever like um but there's so much in the ground that can do a lot for the climate that i think we could um kiss kiss the ground is this awesome Netflix movie that tells a lot about soil and how uh, there are nature-based climate change solutions so that's like really been absorbing my imagination lately like people are going far out on conspiracy theories I'm like honey like the biggest conspiracy is literally just like real life right. like just like the conspiracy
1: is nature
2: yeah like it's fucking crazy and like we have serious shit we need to deal with and like can you like put like direct your attention a little bit and yeah i think that going back to the authenticity like i love sort of pulling the wool back on these things that are like these status symbols or are these kind of like these illusions right because i I see how I fall for them myself and I'm I'm doing it as like almost just for myself just to kind of laugh at it and you know I yeah I want to like spread the word and spread my experience but everyone has to come to their own truth and their own experience of what's important to them mm-hmm. uh- but um. and <laughs> watch gets <laughs> the ground on Netflix okay <laughs>
0: uh we'll do yeah we'll do it yeah
1: we'll circle back okay well so you wrote a book yeah i mean out in the world yeah people are reading it people are like curling up at night people are on planes people are at the beach like people are in their beds you know in sleeping bags in their car, in a parking lot. Oh my God, you read the book apparently. People Mm. are reading you. What is that experience like?
2: So that has been really liberating and that was part of why I wanted to do it. To be like, I'm not just going to give you like one post that you can like unfollow or not. It's like, this is, I'm going to give you something where it's going to contain all those layers. and um it seemed like a great idea and and <laughs> it seemed like a great idea it it took a long time and i i had to make a lot of choices along the way of that were self-conscious like how am i going to be perceived if i say this and then i'd be like no i'm not going to be self-conscious about it i want to say this i want there to be a sex scene and there's going to i'm going to fucking just have a sex scene and if that turns certain readers off ah I don't know what to say because this is me and I want this to really be an expression of like authenticity who I am um so I started getting better at, at at being like it's okay whatever people think I'm gonna really do it what makes me happy what I like um and that was healing in itself to do a creative project where you're having those inner dialogues with yourself and you're like okay um this is a tangle i've hit a i've hit a weird place where i'm i'm reacting and i am triggered so you know it took a while to write but when i re- when i got really close to releasing it it was this spring and i got insane allergies and i think it was a like psychosomatic like weird body reaction to just being like you're you're aware of the pollen in the air like your body's hyper aware of pollen i think i was hyper aware of like oh my god what are all these people going to think about me and is it is it okay and i really had to like look at that and get through that and really go deeper into my self-love work and be like, this is a gift of like just honesty and rawness and, and beauty and, and like my, like things that bring me joy. And it's, it's an experiment ultimately of just like, and there's this awesome quote. It's the second time I've wanted to share with you. And, you know, it's like, you are a question and if you don't answer it someone else is going to put their answer on you that may not be right i'll look it up i'll get the exact the exact wording but just like wanting to kind of be like this is me and the process of a, that creative project was was a way to define define something yeah I'm just sitting with that because I think that is
1: such a beautiful reason to make art is not necessarily to even answer the question but to at least give yourself permission to experiment with your own wrestling with it right mm-hmm. like and I knew you when you were trying to live in LA
2: oh my gosh yes our our group didn't make it in unfortunately we had a group
1: We did our, our, our our queer heart circle. And you would bring what I now realize were those juices that you couldn't sell, but we got to benefit. We got to have the benefit of them. So you didn't, you didn't pour them all down the sink. You got to bring some to heart circle. I know, Um, (laughs) but like, I, I knew you and we had a friendship at that time and reading this book I realized there was this whole other inner dialogue that was happening for you. Wow. And it's interesting because you are someone who I think is quite free and self-exposing mm. and then also to understand that you are this like wild glacier and there was all this other stuff that was happening mm. when you were in LA that I didn't I didn't know. And so it was fun for me honestly to like be able to Learn you more deeply, honestly, mm. by reading this.
2: I love that. And why, why to share that? Why, why, why as a writer would you share that? And there is something like a confessional, like being like, not only am I going to accept it in myself, I'm literally <laughs> going to tell everybody it and let anyone know my truth. Um, I think that had this like boldness to it that I I almost wanted to be like okay I'm going to like go all in. Um but hopefully there's some feelings of like relating, like people are like that's relatable, like I too, you know, have struggled with this like love thing or, or something like that and that's been really cool to hear people's responses with that. Um but yeah, we all have, we all have a lot in us. Someone uh, on Tinder was like, "What are you writing about?" And I was like, "Well, it's kind of like a memoir." I don't. It's such an intense word to use, but it seems so like I'm writing my memoir.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: <laughs> it's like pinky up. You know. Yeah. Um. But it's a memoir is a short period of your life. And what you learned from that period and that relates to other people that may be relatable or useful information to other people. An autobiography is the story of your life from beginning to end. So that's kind of the difference. So this is a memoir. And um, this guy was like, you seem too young to like write a memoir. Like I've barely, he's like, I've barely like nothing has even happened in my life. And I was like, that's the difference between being a writer because when you're a writer you you realize the stories and the richness of what is happening like even though it might seem like just a normal day for you if you were to pivot and be like oh my god this sunset is amazing my house is amazing my partner's amazing my forest is amazing like the things around you so for me art is really a, a way that I do my appreciation and like gratitude. It's to me, it's like this like gratitude practice gone like haywire, you know? It's like, I'm going to just say all the things. Like, I'm going to just record all of the things. And through it, I get more clarity.
1: Um, oh my God. That's so beautiful. Yeah. That's so well said. Like, I make art because it shows my gratitude for my life, this noticing. Which is, I think, what nature wants from us, too, at the end of the day, is just to, like, notice.
0: Yeah, and it's not about, like, getting a picture.
1: Well, and for fuck's sake, the picture never actually captures (laughs) it anyways. In fact, I find that, like, when I at least try to tell the story of a moment in nature, it does a better job of expressing it than, like, the image does, you know? Yeah. Which is the only reason why I ever like was into Instagram in the first place because it was like at a place to like write stuff. But then I would be like, I don't have a picture for this, fuck. And then I'd have to like, you know, like try to. And then no, but n- not a lot of people read the caption anyways, especially when it's long and it continues into the comments. You know what I mean? And so
2: that's why I want you to be a writer, Brandon. <laughs> I know he is a writer. I'm like, don't fucking like limit yourself to how many words. Like, you need a different like size. Well, you've
1: size inspired cr- me. You've you know inspired I mean? me. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I love yes. awesome. You have, you have. Thank I you, know. my love.
0: He's amazing. So, your definition of memoir, as you as you stated it, I believe was on the, along the lines of a you know a short period of time where you learn something. Yeah. So, if this process of writing the book and now releasing the book,
1: oh, she's getting meta. <laughs>
0: was a memoir metaphor. What have you learned from mm. that experience?
2: Oh my gosh. I mean, full hero's, hero's journey, heroine's journey, tarot, full tarot, major arcana. So I'll, 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 I'll give you this story as the metaphor that came to me, right? I, I think it might've been the day... The book came out or it was definitely that few days period um i saw this beautiful orchid i wanted to buy it's it grows up here and They were like, it's really hard to grow. You probably won't have the right bacteria in your soil. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to waste the money if it's just going to die and, like, not grow. And that's, like, that's too bad because, like, it's a fucking orchid and it would, like, be growing in the forest outside my house. It would be so fucking beautiful. And in my trash pile, where my wood chips and, like, all this shit is, the orchid was growing already. Like I found, I found it a few days later. So like, that was kind of like, this was truly like the metaphor for me of like the universe being like, ha ha. Like, you know, this, I was like longing for meaning. I was longing for like a sense of myself. And it's like, oh no, like the story that you're going to get by living in LA, like the story itself is like giving you guidance on how you as a Pisces rising uh like you know uh, just my dynamic of like what I'm here to do and what I like to do and a way that I can find my way is just by storytelling and it's like it's already here you've already do it you already do it you already speak English you already journal like you just like just do
0: it yeah you're living poetically yeah you're already doing it
2: and like it was growing in your ag- trash pile <laughs> acknowledging but like acknowledging it right like you can right. like when you realize that you really are that bitch yeah and like you really give yourself the support and the centeredness and the and the just the continuous support because you're never going to always be there all the time you're always going to fluctuate Um and then out of the fucking trash pile grows a flower. It's like the <laughs> lotus blooming from the mud, like from our own sense of loss and our own sense of confusion. Like there really is something that as we keep going, something that grows out of it.
0: That's amazing.
1: The Trash Orchid. That's your sequel. The Ugh. Trash Orchid.
2: Wait. Wait. Honestly, that's really good. Take it, it's yours. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, so this is the this is the quote that Oliver the Universe shared, and I loved it. The meaning of existence is that life has addressed a question to me. Or conversely, I myself am a question which is addressed to the world. And I must communicate my answer, for otherwise I'm dependent on the world's answer.
1: Death drop. That's the, <laughs> that's the poetic equivalent of a death drop right yeah. there. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, obviously we could talk to you for 100 years, and I hope I you know. will come out to LA and stay in the guest room, and we mm-hmm. can just have lots of late-night tea conversations.
2: Beautiful.
1: So I want everyone to know that the book is called Venus Juice when I tried to live in L.A. And people can find this wherever books are sold. Yes.
2: Google it. it it's on like Amazon. It's on bookshop.org, which is an independent website. And soon I hope to be getting it in more local bookstores, like physical bookstores. But um yeah, ask your local bookstore if they have it and and demand that they order it and say it's Yes. Wrong. Yeah, that would be helpful.
1: Okay, great. And then where can where can all the people find you?
2: Oh, well, my website is Luke Simon Mystic. And that's also my Instagram. So that's what I go by. And um, yeah, I so look forward to connecting with people and I love you, spiritual gaze. Thank you so much for hosting.
1: Oh my goddess, we love you. We're gonna have you yeah. back because I want to have a whole other conversation with you about tarot and astrology and just right, like breath work
0: and yeah, yeah breath work. To talk to you about all things. But I feel like just to that beautiful quote you read us, like you're someone who is just like inspiring everyone to like continue to like live in the question and really like find those answers for themselves and. So thank you for being an inspiration in that way.
2: Mm. Thank you, Angel. Thank you, Brandon.
1: We love you. Love you.
0: Love, love, love Luke to pieces. Oh my God, he's the best. What a treat. You
1: guys got to get that book. It's so good. I read it literally in like a day.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. You'll just devour it. Yeah, so definitely... um, Go online, see if you can source it or go to your local bookstore and demand.
1: Demand it. Yeah. We want Venus juice.
0: All right. So it's now time for our tarot card of the episode.
1: All right, babies. I'm shuffling. I'm just going right into it. So just take a moment, settle
0: in. Prepare yourself for some divination.
1: Connect to the cards by listening into the sound of them being shuffled. And here we go. Oh, just the Eight of Swords, everybody. So the Eight of Swords is an evolution of our mental realm. The story evolves. And it evolves in ways that we can't imagine until we're there. The image of this card itself is a figure who is bound up and surrounded by swords, but they're not bound in such a way that they couldn't escape. And there's actually like a huge gap in the swords. They could escape if they wanted to, and yet they are more entrapped by the feeling of what's going on around them. And so what this card kind of suggests is our own self-imposed limitations, the way in which we have put walls or boundaries or limits on what we can do for no other reason than we were told that that's what's true, or we inherited those beliefs, or it was what was true at one point in our life. But it's not true anymore. So what we're really looking for this week are the places where we have said no to ourselves even when there are yeses all around us. We're looking for openings in our own resistance as if we've built some sort of barricade around us that maybe at one point was for protection, but now what it's actually doing is keeping us stuck well past our prime. And so what you want to do is find ways to tear those walls down. I always think of like movie sets, especially like old school movie sets that were like two dimensional, you know, like you would look at them and be like, oh, my gosh, it's like, you know, it's a cityscape. It's a forest. It's the town hall facade. And then you would just like touch it and it would just like fall over. Right. A lot of our thoughts, our limitations, they're like that. As soon as you kind of like put a little resistance up against them, you realize how flimsy they actually are. So, just like explore your inner mental landscape as if it were a movie set and see what's ready to topple over.
0: I love that image. Thank you. But you're welcome. <laughs> um, all right, everybody. Well, thank you for showing up, being here, for listening. Kalu Kale. Kalu Kale. We appreciate you. As always, you can find out everything we have going on at thespiritualgaze.com, but you can also. Uh, You know, check us out on Insta at The Spiritual Gaze or Twitter, Spiritual Gaze, Facebook, The Spiritual Gaze. If you find us on a podcast platform that allows you to rate or leave reviews, do it. Yeah, do us a favor. Do us a solid. That puts good juju out there. Yeah, we've seen a couple of you starting to leave reviews. So after we get a few more, we'll read them all. Yes,
1: we'll have a little library story time.
0: Yes, so thank you for starting to put those out there
1: I could read them in fun accents
0: Oh everyone loves that Yes darling
1: <laughs> Australian accent hour oh, I'll read all the reviews in Australian accent I'd love it Would you? I would. Oh, darling it's so sweet of you Alright everyone until next time This has been your transit through The, the Spiritual, Spiritual Game